I am a believer in Jesus. I struggle with anger, pornography, fear, and pride. My name is Dave. I am very glad to be here. When I was a kid, I was probably around 11 years old. Um, good friend of mine and I and his dad, they were like, hey, let's go, let's go to the lake. Let's spend the, the day together. Let's do guy time. And uh, we did all kinds of stuff, right? Fishing, getting out on, he had a small boat, you know, kind of went out 50 feet and did whatever. Anyway, um, at the end of the day, he ended up driving me home. And uh, before I got out of the car, his dad stopped me. And he said, you know, you haven't thanked me for any of the things that we did today. And I enjoyed having you with us, but I'm disappointed that you never actually said thank you. And I know you can't repay me for what we did today, and that's not what I'm expecting, but I am expecting you to do that one thing that you can give, and that's expressing your gratitude by saying thank you. And next time, you'll get a second chance, but there won't be three. Now, I was really shocked by that. That, was, that really took me back, both at his boldness in correcting me, um, but also that I never actually said thank you, because in my mind... I was doing that. I was feeling grateful all day long. There were lots of things we did. I was like, man, that was great. This was great. Um, But it never passed my lips. And it was a very uncomfortable moment for me right at that time. But ultimately, it was a terrific lesson. And it was delivered how I needed to hear it in the moment. I I admit, he gave me what I needed. And, you know, I had that that there was going to be grace next time. But there was this possibility of this consequence. (laughs) that was laying out there in the future for me. Now, the Bible says, uh, let the godly strike me. It will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. That's Psalm 141.5. See, I learned that day that it was important to express my thanks when I felt it. Now, tonight we're looking at lesson 22. It's gratitude, right? And we keep talking about, I love all this, this music we had tonight, lots of praise, a lot of thanksgiving. That is really what we're, what we're looking at. And this lesson is part of principle seven. Reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading and prayer, in order to know God and his will for my life and the power to follow his will. You know, at this point in our recovery journey, we've made a lot of decisions, right? It's not one decision. We've made a series of decisions. We had to step out of denial. We had to put our faith in Jesus Christ. We decided to rely on the power that he gave us in order to overcome our hurts, habits, and hangups. And we have to continually rely on his power as we take daily inventory, as we journal about our day, we take our things to him. And we had to commit to continuing our recovery. Um, a few weeks ago, my, I think it was Julie, was talking about this idea of we come to that crossroads. We have to decide, are we going to keep going? Because we've done the hard stuff, right? We went through inventory and we worked, we struggled through forgiveness and making amends. But um, we had to decide, are we going to keep going in this journey? Or are we going to keep pressing forward? And part of this continuing recovery, this continuing pressing forward is to be mindful of the possibility of relapse. And I know that's an ugly word. Nobody wants to hear that word. But ultimately, we don't want to go back to the way we used to do things. The way we used to do things hurt us. 
And we want to get out of those things, and they'll call to us, those old habits call to us, and we want to step away. So, you know, as we look at these skills to prevent relapse, we talk about daily inventory, keeping short accounts, making very small amends before they snowball out of, out of hand. And this other is gratitude. Now, I don't know about you, but I've heard a catchphrase with this gratitude lesson quite a bit, and that is, have an attitude of gratitude. Has anybody heard that? Okay. So I want to talk about the idea of changing attitudes, right? When we change our attitudes or our thoughts, those processes can be very difficult. But what I really want to challenge you tonight is going beyond that. I want to break that down, this idea of attitudes and what comes next, and we're going to talk through that tonight. So in this lesson, there are four main places that we want to talk about gratitude in this lesson. I'm sure there's lots of others, but we want to talk about God, others, our recovery, and church. Now, depending on where you are in your recovery, there are probably many things that you can thank God for. Maybe, though, you're at step zero. You might just be coming here, and you're not really even sure who this God person is anyway. And why on earth would you be thanking him? Well, that's okay. God has, has told us, and he is good for his word, that he will reveal himself to everyone who seeks him. You can learn that he can be trusted and that he's worthy of thanks. Now, for those of us that have stepped out of our denial and put our trust in him, and he, we're relying on him for the power of our recovery, we can thank him immediately because the work has begun. That's that first step. And God has promised that he's not going to stop until it's finished. In Philippians 1.6, it says, and I am certain, not just I'm pretty sure, or I think so, or I have this hunch. Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. And when is it finished? When Christ Jesus returns. So there's a confidence here. We can rely on that. We can trust his promise to keep working with us, keep working in us, and giving us his power to continue to recover. We need to be grateful for that grace that Jesus has given us and that grace that he's provided for us by his death on the cross. Being grateful for the power that he provides for us to work through our issues. Christ doesn't have issues. Christ has the solution to our issues. Now, in the Psalms, there are lots and lots of writers, and I, <laughs> I had to work really hard to cut this down to the verses that I'm going to show us tonight. There are so many writers talking about expressing their thanks and appreciation for God, the work that he has done in the past, the work he was doing that day, and the work that they relied on him to do in the future. But here are some examples that I like. And I'm going to draw notes to them. So, so we're going to read these, and then I'm going to come back to them. I'm going to draw some things to you. So the first one is, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. That's Psalms 118.1. The next one is, sing to the Lord, all you godly ones. Praise his holy name, for his anger only lasts for a moment but his favor lasts for a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, 
but joy comes with the morning. That's Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. Here's the next one. I have told all your people about your justice. I've not been afraid to speak out, as you, Lord, well know. I have not kept the good news of your justice hidden in my heart. I've talked to everyone about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone in the great assembly of your unfailing love and faithfulness. That's Psalm 49 and 10. Shout joyfully praises to God. All the earth, sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Psalm 66, 1 and 2. And the last one, I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations, for your unfailing love is higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Psalm 108, 3 and 4. So do you find it easy or difficult to express your thanks to God? Do you find yourself singing sometimes with half a heart? I know I do sometimes. Do you speak of God's faithfulness to others? Do you do it often enough? See, God, we know, deserves our gratitude. We know it. And often we feel it in our hearts. We can feel that gratitude. But do you express it? So what comes to mind for you when I speak about his power for your recovery? Do you think about gaining or maintaining sobriety? Does a restored relationship come to mind? Maybe some memories of how things used to be versus how they are today. I mean, all of those changes have been made possible by the indwelling power of Holy Spirit, which you receive the very moment you accept Christ as Savior. See, as the Bible says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope in salvation. This hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Romans 5, 3-5. See, recovery isn't easy. It takes a lot of work. And it takes other people. There are many people who have been involved in your recovery journey. There are many people who have been involved in my recovery journey. But if tonight is your first night, just look around. Everyone here in this room is on a similar journey. It's their journey. Your journey will be different, but all the journeys are similar. You're not alone. You're in good company. We all have things that we need Christ's power in order to change or overcome. And we're all at different locations and stages on our journey. But what is the same is this. Everyone here is committed. Committed to being honest and open about where they are in their journey. They were courageous enough to show up tonight and are willing to take the next small step in their recovery. You 
were courageous enough to show up here tonight to take your next step in recovery. See, each day is one more step that we get to take. And it's an important part of recovery, that is, to keep coming back. The Bible says in Hebrews, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We all have a part to play in each other's lives. And there are people that are interacting with your life today that you appreciate, that you have gratitude for. So if you've been around for a while, you may have one or more accountability partners, people you can call and discuss what's going on and get encouragement about what you're going through now or what maybe your next steps should be. You may have a sponsor, somebody who can guide and coach you through those steps and help you see things that you might be missing as you analyze your life. I'm blessed enough to have a second sponsor, a step sponsor, if you will. Um, He is an enormous blessing to me. I thank God that he is in my life, and I have thanked him personally for being in my life and pouring into me. But maybe as you think of others who have poured into you, right? Maybe you can think of an open share leader or a step study leader or a leader of one of the groups you volunteer with, these people we interact with, somebody you met at at Catholic Recovery or a stepbrother or a stepsister. See, the recovery road is not one that gets walked alone. We do it with others, and those people then become important parts of our journey, and we become important parts of their journey. Everyone needs support and encouragement. So who are you grateful for? Who is coming to mind right now? Who has poured into you, prayed for you, encouraged you, given you that phone call or that text exactly when you needed it, right at the right time? We can also be grateful for our recovery itself. And again, if you're just starting a recovery journey, you may not go, I have no gratefulness, I have no thanks for where my recovery journey is because I'm just starting. Well, again, I'll encourage you, you showed up, and you can be grateful for that. Because the first thing to do is to be here. And maybe you've given in to that friend that kept inviting you. Maybe that's the person you need to be thankful for, that one that kept hounding you to say, hey, will you come with me tonight? Hey, will you come with me tonight? And for many of us, it's important that we see that it's more than just us. Because it's not just so much what we receive, but what we've given. We can see that our recovery has impacted others. We've seen our relationships restored. We've seen our families healed. We've seen lives around us forever changed. We can be grateful for the work that we've seen God do, not just in the power that he's provided, but for the miracles we've seen and the practical changes that we've actually witnessed in our own lives. I mean, I can say I am so much less angry at the world. I'm not walking around ready to blow up. I've seen victory after victory in my porn addiction. I'm free of the shackles of shame and guilt that I carried around for years. And I'm free to talk about my past mistakes without having to fear or worry about what others may think. I'm grateful for my recovery journey, 
I thank God for how he's led me into finding this healing with all of you. The Bible says, confess your sins to one to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's James 5.16. It's in that sharing of our lives with each other that we see and experience healing and we grow in recognizing that this is not a magic trick, that this is God working in our lives to bring us healing. So what are the things in, are in your recovery are you grateful for? What have you seen God accomplish in your honesty, in your vulnerability? And how have you grown? Lastly, I want to talk about church. More specifically about your church family. See, the environment, the teaching, the community of believers you found, find there. Now, this church body may be your home church. And if you don't have a home church, consider this invitation to make it your home church. This body will love you. We would love to welcome you permanently into this body. But don't get me wrong, there are many local congregations, and you can be a part of more than one. This may be your Friday night home church, and we love it that way, and we are glad you're here. See, CR is the focus of what we work on on Friday nights, but church is held right here every Friday night. This is church. This is church. This community, this is church. So what are things that you appreciate about this or another local body you're a member of? What is it that keep, about that group of people that keeps you coming back? How do you see God working out his plans in a group, in the congregation? How do you see the spirit moving. Now, I've asked you a number of things tonight. I've asked you a number of things to think about and other things to, 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 to consider about where gratitude lies in your life. Remember I said gratitude is a tool that can help us prevent relapse. Well, if you've been following along with me tonight, hopefully I've been reasonably clear, and you've been taking note of these places and instances where our gratitude is or may be, you have now built up a reserve or a pool of gratitude, if you will. Think of it like water building up behind a dam after a rainstorm, right? You've got it up there and the water's coming in. We can see the water rise. Now, it gets collected, that water gets collected for later use. And you may think to yourself, well, how can this gratitude that I'm noticing tonight be of use to me in the future? Well, remember, it has the potential to help us, but we have to make it come alive to make it useful. Just like that water behind a dam, if it just sits there, it isn't necessarily doing anything useful. See, there's another key to helping me, to helping you prevent relapse. Now think back to the Psalms we read earlier, right? We read things that says, I will tell of your deeds. I will sing of your praises. I will speak of your loves, of your love. Now, all of those things, those are actions. Actions that pour out of the built-up gratitude that the psalmists had. We have to put our gratitude into motion by expressing it. Now, I want you to think about this verse. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. 
That's James 2.26. I think I typed that wrong. <laughs> it's 2.26, promise. It's not 16. Um, Peter is saying here that the natural outcome of faith gets expressed in action, in obeying God. That's how our faith becomes alive. And faith has many ways of being expressed, but it's in that expression. It's in that expression that it becomes alive. It becomes active. And one of those ways is giving thanks. Thanks and gratitude go together, but they're not exactly the same thing. So here's an example. I'm going to read this story. I'm not going to read up there. I'm going to read from here so I can keep track of where I'm going. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus saying, Praise God. And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, Hmm, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. That's in Luke 17. Now similarly, gratitude without expression is dead. Let's say that again. Gratitude without expression is dead. We've spent time collecting this gratitude, building it up, waiting to put it in action. It's that rain collected behind the dam. But later, in a dam, the water gets let out. And in that, it produces power. It has electricity for many homes and many people. It impacts many people when that water gets let out. That effect is a blessing to many. Likewise, our gratitude must find an expression through our actions and words in order for it to do its work in relapse prevention. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I'm vulnerable to relapse, I tend to be thinking about myself. More typically how this or that isn't going according to my plans and you know, that's when it creeps in, like, well, you know, those old coping mechanisms don't sound so bad right now. They might make you feel better. Well, I can know in my front brain right now that that's a lie. And I can know that it's a lie because right now I'm not in the midst of the storm. I'm not in the middle of the soup. I'm not rowing because the wind's not blowing. But I have to admit that when I'm vulnerable, that's when I start thinking about myself. And what gratitude does, more specifically the expression of gratitude does, is force me to act in praise and thanks of other, what others have done, what God has done in my life. And if I'm doing that, I cannot be thinking about myself at the same time. See, I can't think, be selfish and think about myself and express thanks and gratitude to somebody else at exactly the same time. I can't do it. So my challenge for you tonight is this. Take this stored gratitude that you have and spill it out. Speak it, sing it, write about it, 
Smile it to someone. Smiles are good. Find some way of expressing your gratitude. Let it out. Find that person who has meant so much to you. Thank them. Journal about that person or that situation. Express that. Write it down. Express your thanks to God for whatever that was that God has accomplished in your life. Write about how things used to be and contrast them to what they they are today. Write those things down. Speak of them. Let others know. Thank God by singing his praises like we did earlier. We're going to have another chance here in a minute. Not just by mouthing the words, but by singing. Focus on the active expression of your gratitude and watch your attention move away from your unhealthy coping mechanisms into strong recovery. Now, remember my story I was telling you when I was a kid? I was grateful for what I got to do with my friend and his dad. But I didn't thank him that day. But I can tell you that after that, I made a point of thanking him through other things that we did. I spent many weekends with them. He changed me. He encouraged me. He changed my behavior. And I've always taken that with me as I've moved forward to express gratitude and thanks when they come up. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. When you see something that you're grateful for, don't, don't store it. Let it out. I'm going to call up the band and the uh, chip huggers. Um, you know, we're moving into a time where we talk about blue chips. And uh, I don't know what God is pushing you to do tonight. I don't know what, uh, what the encouragement is that he's wanting you to surrender. I don't know what attitude or um, what issue that he's, he's poking on you to come surrender. But that's what this is. This is a time of us come down and grab a chip to say, God, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm not going to hold back, but I'm going to do what you're pushing me to do. And a blue chip is a way for us to commemorate that. So men take from men, women take from women, and come as the Lord leads.